So, we've got delays on a road. What's the solution to that, Mac? Well, you make the road bigger, surely. This week, council's off, so we're going to be putting all of our focus on Terwilliger Drive. We'll talk about how we got here, what some of the plans mean, and what we think of the plans. And if you're not interested in listening to this episode, all the plans are bad. Hi, I'm Troy. I'm Mac. And we're Speaking Speaking Municipally. Welcome back to Speaking Municipally, episode 8, month 2, with... Never going to end. I feel like my life is just in this room recording this podcast, and that is all it will ever be. Week after week. We're going to jump right into our rapid fire segment, the fan favorite. Boardwalk properties completely banned marijuana smoking in their properties. When legalization happens, those renters will be anything but bored on their walks. Calcium chloride is going to continue in Edmonton, at least for this year. Sure, there were complaints about significant rusting on vehicles and bicycles, and many complained that the solution caused the roads to appear slick and wet all winter, and at least two councillors are vehemently opposed to the program. But it's a two-year pilot. We've only done one year. Time for next year. Council for sure 100% runs this city. The Starlight Casino opened in West Edmonton Mall to almost double the floor space of the former Palace Casino that it is replacing. They're hoping to appeal to a more millennial demographic who aren't frequent casino users. Get three avocados on the slot machine and you win a house. Speaking Municipally is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. This week, we're going to tell you once again about the Well Endowed Podcast, a production of the Edmonton Community Foundation. They have been podcasting at thewellendowedpodcast.com since September 30th of 2016. So, happy second birthday. Their latest episode, number 28, is titled Into the Woods. Listen to find out how the Edmonton Area Land Trust protects wilderness in our community. So, we're going to jump into basically the first and only topic of the episode, and that's Terwilliger Drive. For those who aren't really familiar, I don't know how you could not be. It has been dominating the news for months at this point. You might be sick of hearing it, but we're hoping we're going to do a deep dive on Terwilliger Drive and really give you a sense of how we got here and why some of these decisions are really impactful and why we should care about them. So Mac, how did we get here? Terwilliger Drive, as you say, it's a major arterial and it was built in the 1980s. It was constructed apparently with the intent to be a freeway of the planners at the time. So when they built this road, they envisioned this being a freeway, which basically means there would be no traffic lights along Terwilliger Drive. Um, It's interesting that there's no evidence of that. And there's about a 20 year gap from the 1980s to when we did the first study about this. So we're just going to take them at their word that they planned this to be a freeway in the 1980s. Um, But as you know, it's not currently a freeway. There are intersections along the way. There are traffic lights at some of those interchanges. Um, And so this planning study that's been going on and why it's been in the news is because there's plans on the table to potentially change this into uh, a freeway. If the listener could just close their eyes and envision, when we're talking about Terwilliger Drive, that's over in the southwest corner of the city, you're on the white mud and you take that weird like left-hand exit and then go on that 40-kilometer-hour ramp with the white sign and the photo radar guy right beside it dinging you for going 50 on that ramp, and you drive down Terwilliger Drive. It's two roads on the east and west side with this big, vast expanse of unkempt grass. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of like weave in and out and then you see roads crossing it on 
not bridges, but kind of just like raised land. It's a weird, weird place. And then eventually you end up on the Hende end. So it connects the White Mud Drive with Anthony Hende Drive. Those are the two freeways that connect this north-south strip of road. Yeah, and in between, obviously, there's a lot of communities. And with the explosion of growth in the southwest of the city, that's where it's all been over by Twilliger Drive and Rabbit Hill Road. And because of all that residential growth, planners are saying that their demand on the road is already over capacity. So there are already delays because of the amount of traffic that is on Twilliger Drive. So we've got delays on a road. What's the solution to that, Mac? Well, you make the road bigger, surely. That's the plan for Twilliger Drive, at least in some of these concept plans. They're talking about we can widen the road, we can make it an expressway, we can make it a freeway. There's lots of options on the table. But fundamentally, what are, what kind of savings are we talking about here? So if the plans go ahead, there's kind of, well, we'll get to this, but there's two main, it boils down to two main options, an expressway or a freeway. We're talking at peak times, so that means rush hour in the morning and the afternoon, a savings of three to four minutes and if we did the freeway option, maybe an additional three minutes. So that's not a lot of time. This plan, we're looking at another review of Twilliger Drive. This isn't really the first review of Twilliger Drive that has happened. No, as we discovered when we were doing some research for this, uh, there's been four studies done on Twilliger Drive. The first was in 2001 then 2007, then 2012, and then 2014. And through those four studies, the cost has gone from $140 million for the entire project um, to maybe $1.2 billion today if we were to fund the freeway as is currently envisioned. Sounds a lot like all the discussions about high-speed rail between Edmonton and Calgary. Studied every two years and the price doubles each time. Absolutely. One of the interesting things about the study times to me is, you, you know, we'll talk about this as well, but there's a discussion in these two options about other modes of transportation. So could this road be used for transit and for active modes and things like that? Um, the studies in 2001 and 2007 obviously predate our current master planning documents, but the ones in 2012 and 2014 do not, right? They should have taken into account things like the way we grow and the way we move, which talk about the importance of active transportation and transit. And it's important that you bring up that these plans exist. None of our guiding documents, master plans, or really any of our designs for how we wanted the city to be existed in the 80s when two planners at a bar said, Terwilliger Drive <laughs> is going to be a freeway. Mark my words, it will be a freeway. This is going to be a through line through the entire discussion. We are making Terwilliger Drive a freeway because we're told it should be a freeway. I mean, granted, it does sort of look like a freeway. Like, you can tell you're on the side service roads and there's this big expanse where a freeway logically could go. But we could put anything there. Yeah, you drive down that road and you can't help but notice, as you say, this big amount of land in the middle. And it makes you think they must have planned to do something with this land, right? So it kind of supports the idea that it was meant to be a freeway. On the other hand... I think it's crazy that we would hold ourselves to a suggestion from planners 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Surely we can make more informed decisions today based on the current realities. Well, and I'll mention we haven't really historically held ourselves to that planner from the 80s because not only have we not built a freeway as of yet, we haven't even held to the this will be a freeway eventually. For example, Haddo, Haddo Drive, Haddo Road. How to drive. How to drive, I believe. It, it crosses Terwilliger Drive and it can't be made into a freeway. So some of the 
planners sort of retroactively rewrote history and said, no, 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 Haddo Drive, it'll be a flyover crossing, so it won't connect to Willard Drive. And so what you're saying is these roads came about after Terwilliger Drive was originally built. And so we had this interesting little bit of information in the report about 2,000 meters. What what does the 2,000 meters mean? So when you're constructing a freeway, it's something called weave distance. So you need adequate time to get onto the freeway, get up to speed, and then get into your lanes, and then other traffic can move in to exit and leave the freeway. That's weaving distance. Right. Planners say at a freeway at a design speed of 80 kilometers an hour, which is our freeways in Edmonton, you need 2,000 meters to have, you know, optimal safe weave distance. None of these intersections are 2,000 meters apart. So 23rd Avenue to Haddo Drive is less than 700. Rabbit Hill Road to 23rd is 1,300. And 40th Avenue to Rabbit Hill Road is less than 1,000. So that means already when we're talking about the discussion, a freeway as designed, you either can't make it a freeway have to make it an unsafe freeway or you have to exclude exits from the freeway because you can't build interchanges at all these stops because you don't have a safe weaving distance. Okay, so this is all background information about this project. As we kind of highlighted, they've reviewed this every few years. They started again in the fall of 2017. And probably the reason there is because the new budget was coming up. So we should look at this plan again and see if there's any part of it we can not fund once again. Yeah. After 40 years of not funding this project, we really want to make sure that we're going to not fund this project again. Right. But more specifically, how did it come up and why are we talking about it today? Like what happened earlier this year? I think actually why this came up comes from another thing that happened in 2017, which was a municipal election. Um, people in the Southwest, they're not happy about sitting in traffic because they can only get to downtown via their cars because honestly, the area around Tuolagra Drive, it's not well served by transit. You can't really bike. So this is one of the things where we've designed people into a way of life. Ward 9, which is the ward that has this area, that was a big election issue. And Tim Cartmel, who eventually won, he campaigned on let's get to Williger Drive done. Right. Uh, so that came up earlier this year. Um, essentially, Cartmel, he stood up and he said, enough is enough. Let's get a motion on the table and let's make sure this gets done. What he essentially, it's a six part motion that he directed administration. And basically the gist of it is stop what you're doing long term. Uh, we're not going to think about 20 years from now because we know it's never going to get done. What can we do right now that's in 75 to $100 million staged chunks to make Terwilliger Drive usable? And he explicitly said some things like, let's not make it a freeway. Um, so we'll talk about this. Administration is really presenting this innovative idea of making it an expressway over a freeway. Cartmel asked for this in February and he said, let's not make it a freeway. But basically what he wants, he wants manageable chunks he wants things that will increase capacity on the roadway and he wants reduced lights so you have sort of like freeway like traffic flow without sort of the costs associated with massive interchanges so this came about because council got an update in january of 2018 so before we move into the current plans and the response to cartmel's motion there was one thing that caught our eye about the january 2018 update so i'm going to read the quote here from the concept plan update Terwilliger Drive is an important local and regional transportation corridor, as well as a key connection which is planned to become a future freeway to Leduc. The travel demand already exceeds capacity, causing users to experience delays, collisions, and emit more greenhouse gases. 
I'm going to break down a couple things because I have <laughs> responses to this. The first one is how condescending do you have to be as a city planner to say emit more greenhouse gases as a negative in support of building a new freeway? Right. Uh, this is a roadway. You're going to emit more greenhouse gases. But also let's address that this is a key connection, which is planned to become a future freeway to Leduc. Can just like podcast listeners open up a Google <laughs> map and look at it. We argue about this. It's like, is this really real? How is that an argument? So if you look at a map, basically what Torliger Drive does is it connects the white mud to the Hende. So if you're on the white mud, right. you can continue on the white mud and get to something called Highway 2, the Queen Elizabeth Highway that goes to Leduc. If you take Terwilliger Drive, you can go from the White Mud to the Hende to Highway 2, the highway that connects to Leduc. Leduc is to the east of Terwilliger Drive. Like, you still have to go east. The only possible explanation I can have here is they found it so unacceptable that drivers would have to go to, you know, a six lane, one of the largest roads we have in Edmonton that contains traffic lights. Heaven forbid. Right. Between 23rd Avenue and White Mud on Calgary Trail, you've got a number of traffic lights. There will probably always be traffic lights. It's not going to become a freeway. So this is their only opportunity to make a freeway to connect you to Leduc. And let's address just the basic need there. You have an explosion of population in the southwest that is struggling to get to downtown. Right. They're heading and, north. Yeah. And do their commute. But we're saying, you know what's important? Getting to Leduc. So let's just build a freeway straight through here. It doesn't make any sense. Very bizarre. Okay, let's talk about the options that are on the table then. So when, as we said, when you break it down, there's really two scenarios here. One is an expressway, which, as you say, has some freeway-like properties, but isn't quite all the way there. The other is the full-blown freeway. And yeah, the- and I think it's important to just address basically okay. the differences there. An expressway, it's basically all comes down to design speed uh freeway is you know an 80 kilometer hour design speed it's got interchanges no lights it's for cars go beep beep very fast on expressway it's something like you might have you might call the yellowhead currently an expressway it might have a couple traffic lights but it is designed for higher speeds than a regular roadway but maybe not freeway speeds and there's some compromises that can be made there right and allows for some other modes of transportation alongside well according to administration yes it does and we'll get into that so the first option this um, expressway is expected to cost about 300 million dollars and the full-blown freeway the cost estimate is $1.2 billion. So a lot of money for both. Right. So we tried to think about what does that mean? What does $300 million mean? So one way to look at this is, as you mentioned, the times. So you're going to save three to four minutes uh, during peak times only, which means the rest of the time you're probably not going to save anything. Uh, And in the freeway option, you save an additional three minutes. So we're talking seven whole minutes. And it's important to note when these savings happen. So up till 2030, both the freeway and the expressway will have similar time savings of, you know, three to four minutes. Uh, in 2050, right. the freeway will have an additional three minutes of savings. Maybe. Maybe. You know, that's really some black magic traffic planning voodoo to predict that far in the future. So simple math, $1.2 billion divided by seven minutes works out to $171 million a minute. Cool. Let's buy it. So that's one way to look at this. Another way that is maybe a little easier to wrap your head around is in comparison to rec centers. Yeah, so we have on the table right now in budget 
the Lewis Farms Rec Center, which is, you know, a huge rec center. It's got massive pool facilities. It's going to have a library included. Like, this is something that's long since been needed in the West. And we're talking about not funding it in the budget because, according to Don Iveson's five-point plan, see the previous episode, it's not a direct need that has immediate ROI. The entire Lewis Farms Rec Center development is $230 million. That's with all the bells and whistles. That's less than building a road over down in Terwilliger Town. Make freeway to Leduc. Uh, compared to some other rec centers, just for comparison as well, the Meadows, which is a rec center library and park, was $119 million. Clareview was 103 And Commonwealth was 112 So maybe two or three rec centers for the cost of this road. Yeah, you could also install a bike lane on literally every road in Edmonton for this price. It's a lot of money, and that's just for the expressway option. The freeway option, it's $1.2 billion. That's another LRT right. from... Mill Woods to downtown. Uh, that's an LRT all the way to St. Albert. Like there's, it's an astronomically large amount of money. We're about to come into budget, as we've mentioned many times on this show. And one of the things that is a common refrain is from Mayor Iverson and others is to hold the budget increase to inflation, which is maybe a little over 2%. A $300 million project, if that was funded through debt, would result in about a 1.6% budget increase. So that's your entire potential increase. Politically is going to be a tough discussion for Councillor Cartmel, who campaigned on getting this done and made this motion to get this done. But we're talking about a budget time where Austerity Edmonton, no, I didn't misspeak. I called them Austerity Edmonton. <laughs> They're trying to get no increases. And it's this huge struggle between council and the opposition. And where's Cartmel going to fit into this? That's going to be a really interesting discussion at budget. So likely what would happen is they wouldn't fund the whole thing. They'd fund a component of this. And so with those two scenarios, there's some different staging that they've broken out, which is kind of interesting. So on the expressway scenario, they've broken it into three stages, the first of which would be $100 million, which is from the north of Anthony Hende Drive to the south of White Mud Drive. Uh, this would be in the 2019 to 2022 budget. The second phase would be the White Mud Drive interchange and Rainbow Valley bridge widening. And the third would be another interchange at Anthony Hende Drive. So additional ways to improve the freeway-like features of that road. Yeah, but I mean, each 100 million segment, that's still a non-trivial property tax increase. Absolutely. Over half a percent. In the freeway option, if we decided that was what we wanted to do, there are eight stages from 2019 through to 2050. The first budget cycle, 2019 to 2022, would be $110 million, and that would be the 40th Avenue interchange. You know, before we get onto it, I think there's one thing we need to address, and that was from the documents. Administration is presenting this sort of perspective where an expressway is the better choice because on a freeway, that classification does not allow for active transportation modes. Uh, somewhere in some planning document somewhere, it says that you can't have a shared use path beside a freeway. On expressway, no, that's fine. You can have a shared use path. Okay. This is just to get into the mindset of how sort of gratingly juvenile this discussion is going to become. It's technical engineers who are hard onto their engineering design standards. At this point, we want a road that does some cool stuff. That's what Councillor Cartmel is asking for. And you have this engineer saying, you know what? If we call it a freeway, that means no bikes allowed ever, nowhere around it. This is sort of the discussion that we're having. And it's going to be probably quite a difficult back and forth between council just wanting some common sense solutions for 
this is what we can build in this space. And being restricted by the amount of money they've got. And restricted by the amount of money. And you have administration pushing back with saying, oh, no, no, no. We have this 80s plan to make it a freeway. And freeway means no bikes anywhere around it. So this is going to be the sort of back and forth that we'll see in this debate. And I think we're going to see a lot of frustration on both sides as neither seems to be getting what they want. Transit is another thing, right? Not just bikes and and, Mm -hmm. um, shared use trails, but transit is also currently not envisioned as any part of this roadway, even though we're in the middle of this transit strategy review for 2020. It was interesting that you mentioned the transit review strategy for 2020, because some of the discussions in some of the options were like, we could have a dedicated lanes for buses that'd probably take about 19% of the roadway away from personal vehicles. And there's some discussion here or there, but it mentions the 2020 review strategy doesn't include, you know, a high frequency or high capacity bus route to Terwilliger, to which I'd say add one. Um, it doesn't seem like that complicated. There's... you drive a bus down the road and then connect it to the network. Maybe I'm oversimplifying. It seems really interesting to me that the only, so as you said, we have designed this part of the city in such a way that people are forced to drive because it's not well served by any other mode of transportation. But it seems like we're only discussing widening the road and making it faster as a solution. When you say, as you say, $1.2 billion could almost be another leg of the LRT or could significantly fund a bus rapid transit program or, you know, some other fancy gondola solution to get people in and out of Terwilliger. Why do you think that the focus is so heavy on this road? Um, so I would say uh, the answer is I'm going to completely trash administration and say it's entirely their fault. And the transportation department ghost of is still infiltrating every department in the city and making all of our lives difficult. I'll say this because... Section two of Councillor Cartmel's motion mm-hmm. was, quote, optimize the concept plan for the Twilliger corridor between White Mud Drive and Anthony Henday Drive, including provision for opportunities of mass transit and active transportation. He specific and he didn't just say transit. He said mass transit directly in the motion. Right. Councillor Cartmel, he campaigned on this. He wants mass transit to Twilliger and to give options. We have an administration that really, I'm going to say it again might be running this city without council's oversight. That's going to be really the discussion because this implementation, it can't go forward without mass transit. We know that induced demand is a thing. If we widen this roadway, we know from all over the world that it's just going to attract more vehicles to the roadway. Unless we give people viable alternative mass transit options, that roadway is going to be just as congested in 20 years. So those proposed seven minutes of savings may never come to fruition. It is really interesting in the report that's talking about options to widen and quicker and quicken, if I can use that word, this road. Uh, it obviously does talk about induced demand. So it says this induced demand means that a project that addresses traffic challenges by adding vehicle capacity tends to quickly result in the same congestion. It says the analysis completed in support of this study echoes this finding. So the report itself is saying this is going to result in induced demand. Funny how the recommendation is to recommend, you know, a $300 million expressway. We've got these plans on the table. Uh, We, I think, I think we might be reflecting negatively on this plan. I, I don't know. Are you getting that sense, Mac, that anytime we're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a road in pursuit of time savings that are never going to come to pass, it just boggles my mind. What are the next steps for this? 
Well, the most immediate step is next week, council is back, they're at committee, and the Urban Planning Committee is going to be discussing this big, long report and all of the attachments that we've been sort of summarizing in this episode. What do you think will happen? I'm not sure that this is going to get funded. I think the council is going to run into kind of a rock and a hard place with this budget cycle. And I recognize that it's Councillor Cartmel's sort of key pillar of his campaign and, and, and wants to get a win here. And I think actually, you know, many people on council would recognize the fact that we've got to do something because we've developed this part of the city in a way that we forces us to do something. Our hand is forced, but it's a very tough time fiscally. And I think they're going to be hard pressed to approve the whole thing. What do you think? I honestly think it's going to happen. Um, so not not the freeway. We're never going to get a freeway. <laughs> Sorry, Leduc. We don't have rapid access uh, from the White Mud to the Hende to get to Leduc. But if we just look, like you said, we've designed this section of the city in a manner that requires this. And it's been 40 years now. People are starting to get upset. If you look at some of the coverage from the past year, uh, revolt was the word used by basically all the publications in regards to the citizen being upset at the state of Terwilliger Drive. I think we're getting to a point where the citizen anger is too much to sort of like clamp down and not for nothing. It's a road. Uh, That's very politically expedient in Edmonton. If we were saying citizens were revolting over a bike lane, no, that bike lane's never going to get built for right. $300 million. But a roadway, uh, that's that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, we're talking about austerity. We're f- spending over a billion dollars on the Yellowhead just coming up. And there's basically no discussion about possibly limiting the amount of interchanges or saving money on that. No, Don Iveson, 100% behind it. So that's why I think maybe there might be the support on council to, well, eat crow and actually increase taxes to fund Twilliger Drive Freeway. Doesn't Expressway. It, Expressway. Doesn't it then become, though, a bit of a debate about who can who can make that case the loudest? The people in Terwilliger, who live around Twilliger Drive or, say, the people who would access the Lewis Estates Rec Center? Those are two very big projects that would seem to be at odds in any kind of budget increase. If you're going to fund one, how could you not fund the other? Good question. I would say because uh, one is a road and one is a rec center and one is politically expedient and one is a rec center. Fair point. Um, <laughs> that's at this point, we have councillors and the mayor going on record saying, you know, the ROI on rec centers just isn't there right. to justify it. So I think at this point, uh, we're not going to see a rec center, but... And you've got the chamber and others suggesting that maybe others could run rec centers more efficiently or mm-hmm. what have you. Nobody's suggesting that somebody else build a road. Yeah. Okay, Mac, that's Terwilliger Drive. Do you have any closing thoughts on this project? I'm just interested to see what council discusses next week. I'm sure we'll have an update on our podcast for listeners about the conversation that takes place there. Um, it's a pickle. It's a pickle. We're going to leave you with some uh, news about The Broadcast. It's a podcast hosted by uh, Trisha Estabrooks and Alex, sorry, Zabjek. Um, It's about women in politics, and it's been a long-running sort of staple of the Edmonton podcasting scene. They're really good. I mean, it was built by journalists, so it was nice to listen to. It was well done. Um, Unfortunately, it's over. Uh, They released their last episode this week and, you know, they reminisced about some of their favorite discussions over the past couple of years and 
why this was happening in the future and it's worth a listen. I, I listened to it. Uh, so check it out and check out their archives at thebroadcast.ca. And just a quick plug, Karen Unland, who's co-founder of Taproot and is the force behind the Alberta Podcast Network, is one of the featured guests next week at the Local Goods Green Drinks event on October 3rd. So you can check that out uh, at the Yellowhead Brewery. Tickets are just $10 on Eventbrite. And that's it for this week. Speaking Municipally is a production of Taproot Edmonton. And our latest story was a collaboration with the Let's Find Out podcast. This is our third collaboration with Chris Chang and Phillips. In episode 27, he explores a question about the Cree calendar, which actually divides the year into six seasons, which is pretty interesting. Uh, And the question is, why don't we use that here in Treaty 6 territory? So you can check it out at letsfindoutpodcast.com. You definitely get a shorter winter. Uh, I'll leave you with a reminder that if you like hearing our voices every week, you can subscribe. Subscribing is basically like building a Terwilliger Drive freeway from my mouth to your feed, which is, I guess, in this metaphor, Leduc. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, uh, I'm Troy. I'm Mac. And we're Speaking, Speaking Municipally. municipally.